What's up, Jets fans, and welcome to a special tampering period edition of Jet Nation Live. We are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Glenn Naughton. Um, as of the timing of this recording, that's starting roughly after 1.30 on Tuesday afternoon. There are no official words that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets has happened. There are no trade parameters set out by the, the head insiders of the NFL world, but we do have one, I guess, insider who is saying this deal has been done. It was uh, noon yesterday. Trey Wingo came out with a tweet, said that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is a done deal. Nobody's been able to confirm it since. And um, he did have a follow-up tweet to Dan Graziano saying, you don't pursue Randall Cobb in 2023 if there's not a quarterback in place that he wants to work with, obviously Aaron Rodgers. And Trey Wingo then followed it up with a three fingers pointing down emoji at the tweet that Graziano sent out, thus uh, signaling that he's doubling down, that Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets Glenn, how are we doing today? Um, kind of a weird one. We were kind of debating if we should do this or wait for official news, but it feels like where there's smoke, there's fire, and it feels like we can at least talk about it. Yeah, I think, you know, I said yesterday, I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's, um, it's it, for whatever reason, whatever the holdup is, whether it's compensation, whether it's Rodgers, uh, you know, working behind the scenes, trying to recruit guys and get folks in. Um, you know, the names you just mentioned, there was a story yesterday that Adam Thielen told his agent, don't don't sign anywhere until we hear, you know, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he's going to I think he's going to be here. I think he's a jet. Um, I don't think, you know, and I, I said last week with the um, with the tweet about from the Trey Wingo tweet saying that uh, Rodgers was going to be visiting with the Jets. I did a short blog post on that. I was, you know, part of me was skeptical. Because Trey Wingo isn't one of your traditional insiders, right? He's right. not. I, I I even I had to look up where he worked because I'm not in the states anymore, so I don't watch ESPN, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I'm like Trey Wingo. I haven't heard that name in years. What is he even doing now? And he's with PFN or PF somebody. Um, <clears throat> and but I thought, you know, even though he's not an insider, he's known enough that I'm like, he's not going to put himself out there oh, for the sole reason. I thought if Trey Wingo was wrong, like Aaron Rodgers is going to go on the McAfee show and destroy him. And, and no one's ever going to listen to another word he says. So I took it as being true. I'm like, I think Wingo's telling the truth here. And it turned out the next day, several other sources confirmed it. So Wingo had it right. Um, and so I'm using the same logic here. I don't think Wingo's going to say the deal is done if it's not done. So I, I'm operating on, you know, trusting what Wingo says. Because it would be a weird thing. Like, that first tweet is, like, probably the most credible thing he's done in 10 years. That, like, all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, look, Trey Wingo's still out there. And, he might get the occasional nugget, you know. Um, so to come out and then just lie, you know, and that's that was my thought the first time. Why is Trey Wingo just going to come out and blatantly lie about something like that? So same thing here. I, I think it's done. Um, again, the hold up. Who knows? This is the way the Jets operate. Like nothing can be simple, smooth, easy. You know, even when Favre came here, they had to beg him for three weeks to please come here, as as Rich Samini reminded us recently. Um, for the older Jets fans, this has a feel. I said this the other day to Scott Mason, and somebody else tweeted it to him a little while ago. Uh, Dylan, in the in the '90s, when Reggie White came to visit the Jets on a free agent visit, it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Um, the Jets held a press conference and let Reggie White meet with the media because he was visiting the team. Like he hadn't signed. They, I don't even, I don't even know if they'd spoken yet. But Reggie White showed up. They had a banner up. They said, "Hey, Reggie, we're going to call the media, and they're going to come in and question you." And Reggie White was just kind of spitball on answers. I don't even know if he was expecting the presser. 
And he's like, yeah, you know, Jets are a good team. Probably, you know, get a better quarterback, someone like Boomer Esiason. Jets traded for him like the next day or within a couple days. Jets go out and get Boomer Esiason just because Reggie White mentions the name in a press conference. And Reggie White's like, oh, good move. I'm going to Green Bay. <laughs> Funny enough, Green Bay. And he leaves. He goes to the Packers. And now the Jets have a quarterback that they only got because Reggie White told him to get. So now I'm like, what if this does fall? To, what if the Jets sign all these guys for Rodgers? And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to retire. You know, like, like now, now you've got his entire offense and he's gone. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to get him. You know, people are saying they're haggling over the, you know, maybe they're haggling over over the, the compensation. This was, this was, they've been working on this for weeks, if not months. I think yeah. Connor Hughes said this started around the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's true. But I, yeah. I, I would venture to guess, like, this is, we're at least on three weeks of negotiations. And mm-hmm. if it's a done deal, like, you know, maybe it's the Packers trying to avoid egg on their face, like giving up a Hall of Fame player for a fourth round pick. But, um, but and maybe it's the Jets saying we're not giving you much for a one-year rental, and you know I don't blame them. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly not going to take sides in any of the what is done and what isn't done as far as getting the trade to happen. But as I put on the topic bar down below, Wingo versus the world. Uh, there was a report that he's supposedly pretty good friends with Trey Wingo. I don't know what that. Relationship I saw that. I saw somebody tweet that they know each other. Yeah, I'm not going to say that you know they golf every weekend together or whatever, but. It doesn't take much for one person who's not in Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport to get the scoop. And uh, the last time he was on the McAfee show, Rogers clearly said, namely, those guys don't know anything about right. him. So to me, I look at it like he's totally just trying to use somebody else in the media to get his news out there. And it's just not going to be Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's sitting at home watching them scramble on these free and free agency shows on NFL network and ESPN trying to get the scoops and being asked every 90 seconds, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and not having anything to say for it. But we have seen the, the rumors of reaching an agreement, trying to reach an agreement with Alan Lazard. Obviously they're going to pursue Randall Cobb. Then just minutes before we went live, uh, Mercedes Lewis was added to the mix. And then just seconds before we went live, Diana Rossini of ESPN said, Aaron Rodgers has provided the NY Jets with a list, a wish list of free agents he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, all three clearly this morning have been linked to the former Packers, at least, and the Jets were one of the teams at OBJ's workout the other day. So they're linked to all four. Whether it comes to fruition and all of them come to the Jets, I really don't see how they can acquire all four of them. Even two of them would be nice, in my opinion, if you could get like a Lazard and an Odell. But there's a lot of gymnastics that have to go into it to get all of them. But I think the Jets understand that. Um, I think it's probably the toughest on Joe Douglas because the Jets are acquiring not only a quarterback, but a co-GM. In a, sense, in a sense, and Joe Douglas is going to be overridden in a lot of these decisions I can foresee based off maybe Woody Johnson and Aaron Rodgers' desires to go get players that he's comfortable with. And that's not to say it will work or won't work, but as like I said right before we went live, it just has the makings that if this all falls through, this is really bad for the Jets. And I don't know how they recover from it, especially from a quarterback standpoint. Garoppolo is gone. Mike White is gone. Uh, I feel like Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew are the only ones left out there that are even worth mentioning, unless you trade for a Stafford or a Tannehill. And I really don't think that that's feasible either. So really in a precarious spot, um, I guess we just kind of sit here and wait for more news to happen, but it seems more and more likely that it, it is done. And it's just a matter of waiting for the official news to happen and 
Connor Hughes said it yesterday, uh, last night, I believe. He said that this isn't the end of the Jets' free agency acquiring Rodgers. This would be the start of the free agency period for them. And I feel like that's a good sign. Obviously, you don't want Aaron Rodgers to be the only thing that you come out of the offseason with. You want to get Aaron Rodgers, uh, possibly Adam Thielen, you know, other guys that are coming to the Jets now that they're a more attractive destination. So I, I like to see all the things that I'm seeing on Twitter, other than the, the Jets fans panic or, you know, some Jets fans uh, exploiting sources on Reddit and then they're deleting their accounts, which is really unfortunate because some people like that insider news. And um, it's just it's it's tough. The Jets are really in this waiting period. We're what, 36 hours into the tampering period. Nothing imminent has come down. Nothing is going to happen. No, no, not a single player outside of the Jets organization is likely to sign until this happens. But we did have some actual Jets news, in-house news. They did resign, extend, I guess resign Quincy Williams, three years, 18 million, upwards of 21 million. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, then we can go into, you know, the other contract restructures and stuff. You know, I'd love to know how much of that has to do with him being Quinnen's brother. Um, yeah. You know, Quincy's. He's one of those guys, and we, you know, we've talked about this for a while now. He'll make a couple of, you know, highlight reel plays that that just, you know, whether it's whether it's knocking Travis Henry sideways or just, you know, blowing somebody up coming through the hole and forcing a fumble. But then he'll turn around and, you know, he'll lose a man in coverage in the flat and uh, you know have an opportunity and in easy interception, but he's not looking, and the ball either falls to the ground incomplete or or you know. Or, you know, it, it ends up being a completion for a big gain and he gets a flag. Like, he, he's he's maddening because he's, he's ridiculously talented. Um, and like I said, and that shines through in a lot of what he does, but he also makes mistakes. And, you know, a lot of people said, oh, Quan Alexander is a better player. And, you know, fundamentally, he probably is. You know, Quan Alexander is going to make fewer mistakes. Quincy's, Quincy's the highlight real guy. Quan's the steady, you know, mm-hmm. you know the, the, the consistent, steady performer. So <clears throat> it's – I think um, – I think Quinn and being on the roster had to play a role in this. I don't, I mean, I know they can't go into the draft uh, or the offseason as a whole, you know, having as many holes as they do on the roster. Mm-hmm. But um, this, this staff clearly loves Quincy Williams. Um, they, you know, they like, they chose him over Quan. We'll see what they do in the draft at linebacker. You know, they still only have a couple guys, but I think to your point, um, and I, I brought, I brought this up yesterday on the, uh, the forums on jetnation.com that, I don't see how like Lawson and Mosley survive this because this, they have no cap space. They have none, yeah. right? You know, all their clear, all the cap space they've cleared, the five guys they've reworked. That's basically gotten them to about zero. If you factor mm-hmm. in Aaron Rodgers. like once you bring Rogers in, all the cap space you just created is gone. So Aaron Rodgers has this list of demands of players he wants and the jets have no cap space, but the biggest and most immediate cap relief they can get if they, you know, if you cut Mosley, you, you get about 14 million in cap space. You cut Lawson, you get about 16 million. Uh, Dwayne Brown, maybe you make him a June 1st cap cap cut, and that's like 10 or 11 million. Corey Davis, listen, Corey Davis, I've said for months, I that I wouldn't necessarily guarantee he's getting cut because mm-hmm. with what receivers are costing nowadays, even if even with his injury issues, he's kind of a bargain. You know, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But if they're bringing in Lazard, you no longer have room for Davis, and you got to pay Lazard. Now the good news is, uh, you know, again, depending on how you view it, it looks like Lazard is going to get about ten or eleven million. I, you know, entering free agency, and again looking at other receiver deals, I was like, Lazard's going to want like fourteen million. Um, 
Rumors are that he'll get around 10 or 11, which is almost a wash with Corey Davis. You're just swapping one out for the other if mm-hmm. you if you cut him. And also, you know, are some of these guys going to be included in the trade? Like, if you're the Packers, you need some weapons for Jordan Love, right? So yeah. maybe you say, all right, well, Corey Davis has been injured, but we'll roll the dice there. So there could <clears> be additional guys in this, this trade to make some room. But p- guys got to go. Um, and big name guys have to go because mm-hmm. how else are you going to sign these guys? You, you're literally, you're sitting at zero and you probably have to sign, you know, six, seven free agents just, you know, at minimum before the draft. You know, yeah, some of them are backups, but Joe Douglas has some work to do, man. Especially once you send picks to the Packers, if, if you know, the, the, the Packers could be sitting there saying, you know, again, to, I feel like they've gained and lost leverage throughout this process. Yeah. You know, what one day something happens that you're like, oh, well, the Packers have no, can't make any demands. Um, and I feel like they can't. But, you know, what you just said reminded me of a thought I had, you know, that I've had a few times through this process, which is that the Packers can look at the Jets and say, what are you going to do? What What's your other option? Yeah. What do you mean? You're, what do you mean you're not going to give us a two? You know, and and, it, you know, it would be cutting off their nose despite their face. But maybe they're like, fine, let Aaron retire. And we would rather get nothing. Then get robbed. So no, we're not taking a four and a five. We want it. We want a two and a three. So maybe yep. that's the holdup. Um, because again, the Packers know. Okay. Go, go ahead and go ahead and sell season tickets with Jacoby Brissett and see how that goes instead of Aaron Rodgers. See how your fans like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't. So I don't there see, is some I, leverage there. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree. I feel like it has been going back and forth. Anybody that's saying one side has all the leverage is completely false. I feel like if anything, Aaron Rodgers has all the leverage because he kind of has two franchises in limbo right now. And obviously the Jets aren't going to, you know, get raked over the coals just to bring him in and then a bunch of players that might not even work for the system. Although there are tweets saying that Lazard is a good fit for the system regardless of whether you get Rodgers or not. And I feel yeah, like yeah, none, none of these players are coming if Rodgers isn't coming. It, that's just my my full personal opinion on it. I feel like Lazard wouldn't come. Thielen, Cobb, Mercedes, OBJ, none of these guys are coming if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. But no, I, And I yes, I Alex, think... Alex just asked in the chat if we saw the wish list. We, oh, we, covered, yeah. that. we covered that at the open there, Alex. The uh, OBJ, Lazard, Cobb. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Rodgers that's, letting that's his demands be yeah, um, but circling back to Quincy, when the tweet came down that he got the um, the contract, it was he was listed as an ascending player. Now you hope that ascending would mean he's not done reaching his potential, and that next year will be better. But I mm-hmm. agreed with basically everything you said about him as a player. He has those hair on fire, face in the fan type moments that make you really happy. And then he runs to the sideline and misses the guy who cuts up field and they gain an extra 12, 15 yards. You're like, well, God damn it, Quincy, come on. Because Quan Alexander doesn't do that type of stuff, but Quan Alexander does lack the speed. I was always in the camp of let's sign a Quan Alexander because I thought the price for Quincy Williams was going to be a little high. It was a little lower than I I thought. I thought it was going to be seven or eight million a year. It came in at around six. But like you said, how much is that is the the brother premium I've seen is the, the phrase used to get Quinn in on a smaller deal. Because if you can get Quinn in for, I don't know, five, six I, million dollars cheaper now, I don't know I, if it's possible, but I don't think, I don't think you get him for a penny cheaper. I think you're avoiding potential bad blood for not resigning him. That's what I think. I don't, too. I don't think it gets you a discount. No. I think it avoids yep. having him look at you in negotiations and go, you didn't sign my brother. Like what the hell's wrong with you? You know? So I don't think it saves exactly. them a penny, but I think it avoids some animosity from Quinn inside. 
Yeah, and I mean, we don't have to like really get into Quinn inside of it yet, but that's no. looking like $100 million. I would say roughly based on what Deron Payne got, a couple of these other defensive tackles are going to get. Chris Jones yep. obviously has to be restructured. So I yep. can see Quinn and being a, a triple-digit, I guess nine-digit, Jesus, nine-digit player when it's all said and done based on the, the number that's reported. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, a couple other moves. They traded for Chuck Clark. Um, that's, I feel like it seems like months ago they traded for Chuck Clark because of all this Aaron Rodgers waiting. They traded a future seven, a 2024 seventh round pick Chuck Clark, who turns 28 comes over from Baltimore, uh, appeared to be a cut candidate from Baltimore anyway. So that's why the compensation is so cheap. Um, on the jets positive end, he is cheap on the cap 2.3 million for this season. Uh, he's versatile. I believe he played 40 something percent snaps at free safety and another like 28 percent in the in the box. So he can do both. Um, there's a lot of speculation that they'll cut Whitehead and just sign a true ball hawking free safety. I personally don't know what they're going to do with Whitehead. I wouldn't you know, argue either way. I think he's a decent player. He's nothing you know substantial. But if you can save the money on him and go out and get like a CJ Gardner Johnson, I feel like that would be beneficial to have him and chuck clark side by side in the back end of your defense but any thoughts on on chuck clark before we get into just a couple more moves the jets made yeah you know i i haven't i watched like one game literally one game because i'm mm-hmm. i'm so, watching so many draft prospects and focusing so much on the aaron Rodgers thing um so i'm really going more off of what i've read about him than what i've watched of him because one game isn't really enough but right. uh, the key thing here appears to be his versatility um you know mm-hmm. you look you look at his, his pff game logs you know like, like I say all the time, whether you like PFF grades or not, they do have a lot of valuable information. And one of them oh, yeah. is that you can go and look at a player at snaps by position, and the guy's yeah. played all over the place. Um, so having a guy who can step in and even just be good, um, you know, at if you can – at linebacker one play slot, the next play corner, the next play, you know, guys like that are valuable. I, you know, I, I think um, – I feel like versatility isn't valued enough in the NFL. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who can only do one thing and um, – I, I love guys who can come in and, and fill in in three, four, five different spots. So his versatility obviously adds value. And um, for a seventh round pick, why not? Yeah, exactly. I feel like what you're getting for the compensation that you're giving up is you're winning the trade just at face value. Obviously, if he does absolutely nothing for the team, then, yeah, you lose the pick or whatever. But I feel like there's nothing he can do from a stat line perspective that would make you say that trade was a bad trade for the Jets. I mean, I don't know if he'll be the starter week one. Like I said, I I would like him to be at least a rotational player. They did a lot of three safety stuff. They also did a lot of four cornerback stuff. So I feel like before the Brandon Eccles injury, we saw a lot of dime packages with the four cornerbacks out there. And you never know if Chuck Clark is versatile enough. He could be that second, you know, slot cornerback to come in. So you'd have Reed Sauce, Michael Carter, the second and Chuck Clark. And then you could have two other safeties, Whitehead and somebody else whatever in the backfield. But like you said, I like the versatility. I don't like necessarily labeling somebody as a positionless player because then I feel like that comes with a negative connotation. But Chuck Clark is definitely a piece that you can use all over the defense. And I feel like we saw Jeff Obrick get a little creative down the stretch when, you know, Quinn Williams yelled at Aaron Whitecott and only four-man rush. I feel like he had to get a little exotic and do different things, but he was able to adjust. And that's one of the things was the three safeties. We saw Will Park was that guy. So I'm okay with it. Obviously, the, the compensation's good. Um, there's two tender moves that I did want to talk about real quick, though. Bryce Huff got tendered, and then two players not getting tendered, James Robinson and Jeff Smith. 
I felt like the Bryce Huff one, kind of an obvious one that needed to get done. I don't know the, the cap figure on it, but I believe it's like around $4 million. And if not, somebody has to give us a second round pick. And then they have Bryce Huff, if that's if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, I don't see anyone giving up a two for Huff, but you never know, man. If somebody I looks don't think at him so. and thinks if someone looks at him and thinks we can get eight, ten sacks out of this kid, then maybe they do. You know, we, yeah. we keep talking about how for whatever reason the get off doesn't translate. Like you can show us all the metrics in the world yeah. that he's the quickest player in the NFL off the snap. It's that's great. You're getting pressures, but you gotta get home sometimes if you're looking to get paid. And I'm sure the guy wants to get paid, but is there a team out there that looks at him and says, Oh, the way the Jets are doing it was wrong? You know, a guy who gets off the ball this quick, we can turn him into a 10-sack guy. Right. And maybe the the usage for the Jets is what aided in the fact that he can get off so quickly because he's only coming in when pass rushing. in pass right. rush situations. So, yeah, if you change him from a designated pass rusher to a three-down pass rusher, does that right. change his production level? Absolutely, I think. But, yeah, I think the $4 million um, cap hit for him this year would be plenty reasonable for what he is. Obviously, I want a long-term deal done, but it just – with everything going on, it feels like he just keeps getting put off to the back burner, and it's unfortunate because yeah. he is a really good player. But yep. I also think the the really strong edge class this year helps in the fact that somebody's not going to give up a second round pick when they can just take like a maybe an Adebayo in the top of the second round or somebody like that in that similar mold of the top fifty edge rusher. So I, I agree. I think it's going to play to the Jets' favor. Um, Jeff Smith, James Robinson. I didn't think they were really surprises. James Robinson was a healthy scratch most of the season and LaFleur was the one saying they had a big plan for him. And obviously LaFleur's not here anymore. So maybe James Robinson's plans went with him. Um, they're going to be free agents tomorrow. I don't know if they're going to have any market at all, but the jets aren't going to sign him back, but that does kind of bring up my next question of running back. Do you think it's a like sneaky need for the jets? I know they kind of have a full stable when everybody's healthy, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be healthy for week one. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, like three, four weeks ago, I did a, an article asking, like, are the Jets set in the running back room or should they make some moves? And I think with, with the Hall injury and Robinson was sort of an X factor because he was so ineffective last year. There was the part of you that said, well, may, maybe he was still hurting a little bit from the Jacksonville deal. But then you're saying, well, you know, he would have had to have a medical like you traded for him. He had to have been right. healthy. Right. And he and he was complaining about not playing. So I'm guessing he was healthy. He was healthy. Yeah. So that made you think, you know, they would move on from him. So that's no huge surprise. Jeff Smith, I like him as a special teamer. I would have, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy. Like, you look at the, the garbage quarterbacks he's played with is, since getting here, and now it looks like Aaron Rodgers is coming and they're, they're going to let him go, you know. Um, you know, not that yeah. he sees a ton of snaps anyway on offense, but I just, I, I like his quickness and explosion. So I thought he might have been a, a guy who might, you know, one day break out. It just never happened. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, rooting for the guy. I liked him a lot when they picked him up as a UDFA. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, the running back room, it's gotta be addressed. It's a matter of how do you address it? Like I said, uh, the more, you know, and we've talked about this in the past, like the more I think about it, uh, it's, it's tough to see them not trading down from 13. Like they need picks yeah, and they don't have seriously. a more valuable chip than 13. And, um, they, yeah, like once you make this deal with the Packers, even if you only give up one pick this year, you're down to five draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like, you exactly. need safeties, you need linebackers, you need a tackle. You know, again, how much money can you free up? Once once you're done with Aaron Rodgers' shopping list, even if, you've, if you're if you done freeing up money, you know, like, there, there's, a, there's a, a couple of good tackles out there that I'm looking at thinking, maybe you sign this guy. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be able to sign this guy because you got to sign the four receivers that Aaron Rodgers wants. And then, you know, then you go into the draft needing a tackle. Um, how far down can you trade and still get one? 
You know, I was I was a big right. Darnell Wright guy, thinking, oh, maybe you get Darnell Wright in the second round, you know, and steal him there. And then I hear, you know, Daniel Jeremiah the other day. He's like, oh, I'm putting Darnell Wright in my top 20. He's a first-round pick. Yeah, Pittsburgh like, well, could Jesus. take him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you might be taking him at 13 now if, you know, if you like him enough. But, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think – I think they trade down. I mean, again, mm-hmm. you obviously takes two. There might not be another team that's willing to give you what you want to move down. Um, But uh, you can't go into this draft with four or five draft picks. No, that, that definitely makes it really tough. And kind of putting a big bow on all of the things we've just talked about up against the cap financially, not a ton of picks. Yeah. You have to move out of 13 one. You're paying the player, whoever you trade down, like say you trade down to 22, whatever, whoever it is, I think it's the chargers. You move down nine spots. The financial allocation of that spot has now decreased about a million or so, depending on how far you move back. So yeah, you now have a little bit, more cap flexibility in the the draft pool because what five players might cost you four or five million at the end of the day and you need to have that open before you enter the draft so and even that you know even talking about a million it's you know teams a lot of teams kind of or a lot of fans kind of discount the fact that teams very rarely spend to the cap because Mm -hmm. you need that you need that wiggle room in season in case you have to make a move so most you know Yep. But, well, well, the number I've I've heard always is, is five. If you have five okay. million, because you're not expecting to add, you know, you're rarely going to add a, a nine or ten million dollar guy during the season. Mm-hmm. But if someone gets hurt and you have to go out and sign a street free agent who's who's good enough that he wants three million, four million, Brown. right? Yeah, you better have that. So yeah. really, we can sit here and say the Jets are at the cap with Aaron Rodgers. They're really at the cap without their wiggle room. So they need to yeah. find a way to cut five million just to be comfortable. And then go get all the free agents. I just uh, it's, it's tough. Five draft picks, six draft picks is not going to get it done. Here's some news about a potential Jets um, free agency target uh, along the offensive line. Jake Brendel from the San Francisco 49ers. It looks like he is being re-signed to San Francisco on a four-year deal. Uh, says preference of finishing what he started with San Fran was the major consideration, but the Jets made a big push at the end. So they're in on the center market. I think there was a little bit of confusion yesterday about uh, Connor McGovern getting signed because the other Connor McGovern got signed to Buffalo. And then somebody put out a tweet saying that the Lions signed to Connor McGovern. So everybody was su- super confused. We still have no center. Connor McGovern is a free agent, though. I think now that Brendel has been re-signed, that is the, the plan B, the contingency plan could be to bring back Connor McGovern. And I hope that it's less than 10 million a year because I don't really see it being more than that for him. But I also don't really want to see a center, a rookie center, excuse me, with a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers this year. And yeah, sorry. I was, I was reading through Twitter while you were talking. Did, did you see the Zach Rosenblatt tweet? Did you mention that? I did not. I mentioned just Aaron Wilson and Jack, Jake Brendel. Okay. Yeah. Um, Zach Rosenblatt from the daily news uh, tweeted four minutes ago that the jets offered Brendel more money than the 49ers, but he wanted to stay in San Francisco. I mean, I don't blame him. Finishing what you started is always a commendable yeah, thing, and I mean, you're, they're, they're you're on better, the too. So you're a better team right now. You know, you, exactly. You know, you, you just you just nearly went to the Super. I mean, listen, even if you get Aaron Rodgers, you still you know you still have stuff to prove. So that right. you know, and you, you, you're getting killed with state taxes no matter where you are. At least you got the weather in San Francisco. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. But you also have Skid Row. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer the East Coast, but that's just me being biased and living in New Jersey. Um, I, I still do think that Connor McGovern, I predicted it in my like 
little fun Twitter thing predicting the offense. And I only added Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham. Obviously, this is before all the news. And I feel like not changing the offensive line much could be an okay thing for the Jets. I just, I feel like everybody's so caught up last year that they sucked. And they did. They absolutely sucked. But that's because they were decimated with injuries. Nobody goes into week seven with their offensive tackle four and five. So, like, I just feel like there's going to be too much regression to the mean back to a normal offensive line that if you bring back four or all five starters from last year, say Mekhi Becton does get healthy and he is your right tackle week one. If you give me Dwayne Brown, Lakin, Connor, and Elijah Vera Tucker, and then whoever your right tackle is, whether it's a healthy Mekhi Becton, Max Mitchell, if he's healthy as well, or a rookie at 13, I'm cool with that. Give me four players back on the offensive line. I feel like there's correlation to bringing back continuity on your offensive line and don't do it just for the sake of continuity. But I feel like if you can get a McGovern for under 10 million, I think it's a steal. I think the guard McGovern went for like 8 million and I was like, Oh wow. Like we should have been in on it if this was our McGovern for 8 million. So I don't know. Do you think 8 million is a reasonable price tag for McGovern to come back? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that, um, the Jets definitely shouldn't abandon that idea. Uh, I like, you know, listen, if 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 you felt like you could get, uh, you know, one of the top couple centers in the draft, um, maybe maybe you do that. But it, it's such a crapshoot. And again, uh, I think they're um, the, the more we're talking about it. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, it's a pretty dire situation. <laughs> this is a lot worse than I was. I'm, I'm so wrapped up in the Aaron Rodgers. It was I think it was last night or the night before I started thinking. I, I think I, I tweeted something about it like, that, you know, whether Aaron Rodgers comes or not, you're not going to have a lot of money to, you know, the Jets mm-hmm. aren't going to be big spenders this free agency period. Um, and then tying that in with the with the the draft and looking at the holes on the roster, like they got a, you know, for a team that was a top 10 defense, they, as far as I'm concerned, they need two safeties. Oh, Whitehead's another guy mm-hmm. we didn't mention. He could go. They could yeah, keep him yeah, around. I mean, he's not the, you could do worse at safety, but you could certainly do better, a more consistent tackler. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a guy you would save $7 million by cutting. But yeah, you could argue they need two safeties. If they if they're gonna get any money, Mosley might go. Even if Mosley doesn't go, you need someone behind him. Now, what I would love to know, this is the stuff I, I feel like I say every year. I want to be a fly on the wall. I want to know what they really feel about Jamie and Sherwood. Like yeah, I, I thought he looked sure. much better in preseason than he did the year before. Um, do they feel like he's ready to step in? I don't know. Um, and if they do, does that make Mosley expendable? And do they not need a middle linebacker that do they think he can start, but that that's, that's a huge deal on oh, the jets. Apparently just lost Herbig. Uh, yeah, I, was, to- I was just about to say, I had a yeah. Murray's tweet up right now. The Steelers look like they're signing Nate Herbig two years, $8 million deal. Obviously that's just the, the, the total contract is not going to be $8 million for Herbig or four per year. It's probably going to be a little bit less than that, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, one of the moves that, I do want to touch on because I think it's an important position that the Jets haven't really had solidified for a while. And to feel confident about this position entering the offseason makes me happy. And that's Greg Zerloin. Uh, re-signed for about three and a half, I believe it was, with like all the incentives that he could get one year, $3.5 million. And I'm okay with that. I love the contract. I think uh, Greg was more than better than what we had, obviously. I mean, Jason Myers, if anybody watched the – Packers Jets uh, replay from 2018 last night on NFL Network. They saw Jason Myers and uh, Andre Roberts, who scored a kick return touchdown in yeah. that same game. Yeah. So just really unfortunate that we could never recapture that special team's ability again. But 
Greg Deleg gives you like the closest thing to that from a kicker perspective. I feel like most of his kicks were hail Marys in a sense, like, Hey, we don't have the the horses to go chuck it up deep real quick, but Hey, just go try this 57 yarder because we yeah. believe in your leg. So I'm, I'm cool. I like Greg, Greg, the leg and uh, just circling all the way back to what you were saying about the cap. If they really need it, I feel like I could see Mosley and uh, Lawson or not Mosley and Lawson, Lawson and Davis just getting cut outright, especially if you bring in a Lazard, that's kind of the one for one. Rogers would be the one for that's one. The thing that's, you know, those two guys are 27 million that covers right. one of the two receivers and maybe one other player. You're, if you cut both of those, you're probably just covering a Lazard and a Rogers from a cap perspective, but then every other dollar you freed up can go to whatever else there is. But yeah, you're, you're looking at limited. And, and I mean, well, even, I mean, Rogers at this point is covered. Like they, the moves yeah. they've made cover Rogers. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you got those guys go, that's, that, that's with the Rogers shopping list that probably gets you, I mean, maybe a few million on top of that, maybe gets you OBJ and Lazard. Yeah. Um, but then, but then, you know, who's, who's, who's growth. I mean, do you then trade Elijah Moore again? They need picks. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you going to have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, and OBJ? Um, that seems like a little bit of overkill for a team with this many holes. Yeah, I don't see that being the case. And that's why I feel like if it is Lazard and Cobb both coming over, you're losing one of Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, no matter what. There's obviously the potential to lose both. But I was saying it to you offline on our Twitter DMs, like if – Randall Cobb comes too. Like, is he just wide receiver four? Like, I just, I don't see what how, is, yeah. What's his role? Unless it, it is Rogers really going to sit there and be like, no, uh, Cobb is going to get snaps over Elijah Moore because if that's the case, I mean, I'm completely off Randall Cobb. Go get me somebody else. But I'm okay with Al Lazard if you're going to just swap the one for one Corey Davis because you're not taking off anybody else's plate that's here. I feel like if you're going to completely revamp the wide receiver room, that's a different issue. And Maybe that's just me being a big believer in Elijah Moore and like having the faith that he could be a 1B type of receiver in this offense with the right quarterback. But I just, yeah, I don't see how you can get three wide receivers new into this team. I just, I just don't see it with all the other spots you need. Yeah, and, and uh, Rich Samini just tweeted, uh, the, uh, look for the Jets to uh, – or possibly go after Graham Glasgow, who, uh, Hackett, okay. Hack, who Hackett just had in Denver who plays center and guard. So yeah. that would be consecutive Jets centers coming from Denver in free agency. That's actually um, really funny. Yep. Yeah, but uh, some, yeah. so definitely something to watch there. I mean, I feel like, like we said at the top, once the Aaron Rodgers news comes down, everything else is just going to spiral afterward. I feel like we might be back here within 24 hours doing another show. It seems like we could be on tonight, just breaking down I was, three more. I was just going to say. Crazy. I was just going to say. I got to run now. I got to get ready. Yep. I got to leave for work. Yesterday, I'm all, I'm half glad the the Rodgers news didn't become official last night. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. What did I, what did I tell you? I think I said I got about a two hour window where I can't do anything. Yeah, because I have my hour and a bit drive to work, and then I got to settle in at the office, and before I can, and uh, literally as I started my car, the tweet comes up that that, that it was a done deal. I was yeah. like, "Are you serious?" Like I'm, I've been sitting there all day waiting to be ready to jump on and do a show, and and uh, what's his name? Wingo's tweet comes out as I start my car, and I'm like, I, I I'm powerless for two hours. I can't do anything. Um, I so, was powerless but, in the opposite aspect because I had just gotten off of work when I saw the tweet and I was like, oh my gosh, like I raced home. I didn't even shower yep. after work. I just had like you know, grout all over me. I was like, I don't care. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm waiting for the news. Had my laptop, everything set up. 
I sat there for like six hours. I was like falling asleep in the chair. I was like, this is this is stupid. I'm and sleeping like, like three hours a night between being overseas and working night shift and waiting on Aaron yeah. Rodgers to sign. I'm sleeping three hours a night. It's come enough. on. And, and there's and there's people out here, and I you know I don't have the the energy and the stamina to do what they do. But there's the the diehard YouTubers out there that are just going nonstop every night waiting for that news. And I, I just want to applaud. I just you. I, I can't because like, I can't. I I feel like we'd be repeating ourselves. Like hey, let's jump on again be. and let's jump on again and say the same exact thing we said yesterday that no one knows anything right. yet. Like right. that's I mean to each his own. But I I can't. Uh, you know that's I I was doing the solo pods for not even pods like the little videos and I'm going to start doing those again. Mm-hmm. But I've stopped for a few weeks because quarterback is all anybody cares about right now, and there are no updates. Yep. Um, I was gonna say so, the last video we did was when Carr got signed to the to the Saints, and that was just a you doing a solo thing. So it's been we've yeah. been trying to wait. We obviously we don't want to come on and say nothing about the no no news that hasn't happened. So it's it's been tough, but we felt like it was appropriate to come on talk about all the rumors and everything. We will let you get out of here. But for Glenn, you can follow him on Twitter at AceFan23. Follow his draft account. He's putting out tons of videos at JetsPicks, at JetsPICKS. You can follow me at, on Twitter at DTerriman. Follow Jet Nation on all social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're, we're everywhere. You'll see us everywhere, especially when there's news. We'll try to get on within the couple of hours of the news actually breaking. Hopefully, Trey Wingo is right and everybody else is wrong. I well, just, just can't wait re- for the real tweet. quick, real What's quick up? before we go, um, just an update from Zach Rosenblatt. What he's hearing, um, this, the feeling is that he'll be that Rogers will be a Jet. It's not, and the not is in all caps. Not done yet. Still working through some things. Nothing finalized. Um, Green Bay still needs official word from Rogers which to me says nothing has happened. Like the whole, this whole thing was based on nothing can happen until we hear from Rogers. And right. now they're saying it's almost done, but nobody's heard from Rogers. So which is it? Did you need to hear from him or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and he then says, uh, which is no surprise. This is something I mentioned yesterday. Um, some Jets players are getting frustrated about the process dragging out. Um, so according to Why Zach not? Rosenblatt, it's a done deal, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't said anything and the players are getting fed up. Yep, if you look at all the, the Jets tweets and stuff, they were all super excited and now it's just kind of Mackay Beckham that, doing I didn't like that at all, man. And... That was that was that was I mean, Garrett Wilson apologized. That was pretty irresponsible. Like yeah. fans believe I know we said we gotta go. I'm gonna take a second here. Like That's fans okay. think the players have in it like the inside info. We saw yesterday they they really don't. Like here's Dump Garrett Simon. Wilson and Sauce Gardner tweeting out that yeah, it's done, he's coming. And it, they're going off of uh, an NFL parody account or an accumulator account that retweets other people's news. You yeah. know, I'm like, I, you know, it, it reminds me years ago. Long, well, real long story short, when, when I was in the military and they said I went on my first deployment, I thought mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this is my first time in a deployment overseas. We must get all kinds of information that you don't see on the news. No, we sat and watched the news like everybody else. That's where yep. we got our news from. I, yeah. I'm like, really? This is where we get our updates? Like, I, I, this is what I heard on my sofa at home. Like, I come, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in country now, and, and everyone just gathers around and watches the television. And I, that was what I kind of flashed back to last night. I'm like, these guys are on the team, but Joe Douglas isn't calling them with updates. You know, they're yep. watching the news like we are. So, yep. I, hopefully, a lesson learned by them yesterday, not to tweet out news that it's happened um, without knowing it's actually happened. But, yeah, yeah. so Zach Rosenblatt says, uh, Players are getting fed up. 
Yeah, definitely don't uh, listen to Dove Kleiman for any of his news. Like you said, he's just an accumulator of things. Yeah, he's a, he's a retweeter. Said. He's tweeting stuff out. Basically, yeah, exactly. Just retweeting for the sake of retweeting. All right. Well, uh, everybody, I appreciate it uh, that tuned in. We will have news for you sooner or later. It's got to happen. Free agency officially opens tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So you would hope that if not then, by the end of the week, that March 17th um, date in his contract or whatever happens, let's hope by the end of the week. But we will be back on with you guys as soon as any news happens or just to break down other free agent news as it comes down the pipe the next couple of days. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And let's go, Jets. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.